Hey ladies and gents and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry, episode 102. As always, I am Jared White, joined by Jordan. Greetings once again, Jared. Glad to have you back on the show. Did I say I was gone? No, it's just that uh, we last time I was on the show, which was a couple weeks ago, we talked about how you never introduced yourself, so I was you know, making sure you felt welcome. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, and uh, also Dom. Dom's back. I am not the one who knocks. I have hair, once again. Once again, you're not completely bald. Uh, yeah. Or shaved, I guess. I don't think you were, like, skin bald. It's um, pretty close. Yeah. That seems uncomfortable. Like, I don't know if I would ever let somebody put a razor to my head like that, you know? To get, like, well, that was smooth. fine. It was just the the succeeding sunburn on the top of my head that was not fine. <laughs> yeah, ow. That, that I didn't is, prepare I for. I what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, wait, I don't have a hair up there anymore. Yeah, you completely yeah, forget about it. Exactly. Um, wasn't a huge week for me in terms of playing a bunch of stuff. Um, I dabbled at uh, Hollow Knight, played through that a little bit more. Didn't really get a lot a lot into it. Um, obviously, last week I talked about being about 25 hours in. I wanted to try to like finish it, but I just didn't have a whole lot of uh, time to play games, so I didn't have a whole lot of time to commit to it. Um, obviously, played some more Marvel Strike Force. With Ant-Man and the Wasp, they were doing some events, so I was able to get Ant-Man and now I'm working trying to get Wasp in the game um, Crash Insane Trilogy Been uh, you weren't here last week Jordan but I was talking about how I've already beat all three games and I'm just trying to get the achievements and stuff um, not in a hurry because some of them are very hard like the time trials um, but just whittling away at that as well having a blast the nostalgia trip there is awesome um, nice. watch Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, me and you talked about it in our group chat uh I liked it. I liked it more than the first one. I still don't think it was, like, upper echelon Marvel movies, but I thought it was better than the first one. I thought it was solid. Had some issues for me with, like, um, villain motivations and some of the weird stuff. Uh, Mid-credits scene was dope. Obviously, don't want to spoil it for people. End-credits scene, I liked the beginning of it. I thought the end was a cheap laugh. I think it would have been a lot more powerful if it didn't have that ending part. Um, But overall, yeah, enjoyed it. Uh, also, I've been watching Young Justice. I started a while ago, and I only got like six episodes in, and then I got lost doing something or playing something, and now I've actually recommitted to watching it, so I started back at episode one. Uh, the first season is 26 episodes. I'm like episode 21 or 22. Really good stuff. Um, for me, I I really enjoy the show a lot. It's probably one of my favorite animated like superhero shows. Uh, it's kind of moved up there. I like the writing of a lot of the characters. A lot of stuff late in the season. Um, you've watched it, right, Jordan? Actually, I was just going to say I need to hit that up before season three because I have not seen No Justice. Okay. Uh, well, um, obviously it's about building the team and you learn about each of the individual characters. But like midway through the first season, there's an episode called Cold Hearted. And without like spoiling a lot of the plot lines or whatever, everyone's dealing with stuff and they give... Uh, Kid Flash a specific mission of having to deliver a heart from New York to Seattle um, in a very like snowy weather condition. He has to travel across the country with this heart and get it there in time to save this girl, this young girl's life. And the the whole episode kind of revolves around him learning that there are things more important than him like showing off and stuff like that. And uh, I think it's a really well written ep- uh, episode. It's really good. Um, just the idea of like this super speed superhero having to take this heart in this like cooler across the entire country. I think he has like four hours to do it. Um, yeah. Which is, and they have like um, law enforcement like clear the roads for him and stuff. And uh, Vandal Savage shows up and 
obviously antics ensue. But yeah, really loving Young Justice. So, do you like uh, teen age, like Teen Titan age, DC hero stuff? Oh yeah, I love uh, the original Teen Titans series. Is like one of my favorites. I love that so much. Yeah. I used to like that. Me too. Yeah. Me been too. a while. Uh, after this, I think I'm gonna watch the uh, Justice League versus Teen Titans movie that came out because I never saw that. So. Oh, I just uh, started to rewatch that with a friend the other night, but we didn't get very far in. That's a very solid one. Uh, the funny thing too is because they're Young Justice. Um, they have people from the Justice League that'll sometimes, like, come down and stay with them for, like, a week and, like, mentor them and train them. Like, Black yeah. Canary does it in Red Tornado. And, um, towards the end of the season, uh, Shazam comes and helps them. And the writing in it is so funny for his character because, uh, obviously he's balancing being a kid and then being, a, like, a grown superhero with all of these crazy powers, right? They do that really well, the writing for it. There's an episode that revolves around Shazam and his powers that I don't want to spoil for you or say literally anything about. But that episode is like... It's crazy. Like, what they decided to do with Shazam's powers and fit it into an issue in the DC Universe is really clever stuff. I definitely recommend it because the way they... Uh, center the entire story of the episode around his ability to change forms is really cool. Um, Sorry, which episode did you say this was? I could look up the name for you after the show, um, but I'm I, it's I mean, like I'm episode 18 or 19. All, so yeah. just talk about them once I'm all the way through, but yeah. Yeah, it's towards the later end of the season because he, he doesn't come in and be their mentor t- uh, until like later on. But it's such a good episode, uh, and it really surprises you how they're able to bend the narrative around his specific power. It's really interesting. Um, yeah. I don't think I consumed anything else outside of that. Uh, I'm trying to think if I watched any other movies uh, besides Ant-Man and the Wasp. I don't think so. Um, I already said I played Marvel Strike Force. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Nothing else. What about you guys? <clears throat> I'm going to jump in. Um, uh, I've also been playing more Hollow Knight, Jared. And it's still really good. It hasn't changed. It's still very good. <laughs> this is, as as Jordan put it a few weeks back, this is a Dom-ass game. Um, there you go. It's very much up my alley. And now that uh, some of the, I've gotten into some of the later bosses now um, that are a lot more fun because I'm getting to the point where you try to learn the patterns and you're, you know, you're playing conservatively, but then in these types of games, you get to a point where, like, you know, you know, you got to be close to the end, and like, you start taking some risk, and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna yeah. swing a couple extra times. You know what yeah. I mean? And sometimes it works out. Most of the time, it doesn't, but it's fun when it does work out. So, a little bit more of that going on, which I enjoyed. There's that uh, the Soul Master boss. He's basically uh, he he kind of floats around and he's shooting little orbs at you. You know, kind of stereotypical kind of boss. But uh, I had like an intense ass, you know one of those moments and then only find out only to find out that yep this guy has a second uh has a second phase yeah <laughs> so it's great and so so i was immediately <laughs> dead it was it was one of those um <clears throat> but the game is still really cool as it uh it definitely you know it expands a lot from the first couple hours you get to there's this bigger city you get to and then all of a sudden it's like the world gets a whole lot bigger really quick it feels like it's it was it's been really cool the past couple hours i put into it so Still recommend it, and I'm excited to keep going at it. And of course, it's on Switch, and it's just it's just nice, convenient. It's, yeah. So yeah. Um, you can pause yeah, it. There's like, yeah, that's true. Um, Dom on uh, like games like Salt and Sanctuary and shit. There's like, they're basically like Souls like 2D games, right? Right. 
I feel like this is kind of a Bloodborne-like 2D game. Yeah, this is closer to Bloodborne. Right, yeah, yeah. and there's not a a whole lot of those out there, and I think that um, both with the vibes and the, like, style and speed of combat, um, and even kind of the platforming, I guess you could say. Uh, So, yeah, I really like those vibes. With you saying that there's a second face to the boss, uh, it reminded me that one of my favorite things to do is search on YouTube for Dark Souls uh, boss fights where they do have a second phase and people are running through it for the first time because you'll see people struggle, finally beat the boss on his first phase, start cheering, and then just get decimated because they don't realize there's a second phase. Oh, so satisfying. So good. That was like, that was nearly all of Dark Souls 3. Like, most of the bosses had second phases. Yeah. Jeez. And it's like, even though you knew, because the last couple bosses had it, like, you kind of forget, because you get so into it, and you're like, you finally won, and oh, it happened to me so many times, I just got so pissed off. I'm yeah. really, I'm just uh, not into to developers doing that. I think it's some bullshit. Let's just lay it out there. Like, what do I have to do to, to finish this? <laughs> just tell me. It is, it, it feels like bullshit, but I also love it. Like, it pisses me off, but then I'm into it. It's, it's one of those kind of I think, I think um, if there's context to it, it plays a lot better. Like, in Dark Souls 3, uh, the Lothric fight at the end of the game, like, the fact that you kill him and then his brother resurrects him, that makes sense as a two-tier fight because, like, you killed the actual boss, but then something narratively happens that creates a second phase of it right or like if you're fighting like some kind of bug and then it evolves into a different bug but if it's just a dude you kill him and then he just like gets another health bar that's like really lame yeah speaking of uh jordan you missed my in-depth i won't say in-depth but my you know my chat about birth by sleep and that final boss fight of course it's a kingdom hearts game so there's like i don't know seven goddamn phases to the final (laughs) boss they make no sense the way that game ends is very interesting because there's, you know, I think I've mentioned this about the Kingdom Hearts series. They all have secret endings that require you to do something special throughout the game to unlock them, which, you know, I right. always just watch them on YouTube. But um, that secret ending for Birth by Sleep is actually like an epilogue. And there's also like three epilogues within the actual game. So, yeah, it's very fucking weird. Oh, well, I talked King a lot the... about that last week, so we'll chat about it later again, Jordan. Just uh, the, uh, so, introduce the redundance. The Kingdom Hearts franchise have has a seen... secret ending. You have to wait 15 years for the last one to come out. <laughs> More like have 30. you seen the the secret ending for Birth by Sleep? I, I've definitely not seen it, but I'm pretty sure I've read what it is. Or watched a YouTube summary. Um, okay, because... But uh, I'll explain that why that is, is later. Cause... That's tied to Dark Aqua in the E3 trailer. Yeah, yeah, I think I know everything about it. But but anyway, uh, I also played a whole shit ton of Battlefront 2 because um, it came up. I got it on sale a week or two ago, and it was like double XP weekend, you know, right when I grabbed it. So I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to play this game all damn weekend. Um, and it started out like, yeah, this is cool. This is really authentic looking, and it's, you know, it's it's fun. And then it quick, after a few matches, I'm like, this this sucks. Like, the map design is terrible. And the game modes are just pissing me off because it, it seemed like every single every single game, it, it basically filters everyone into, like, one choke point where there's one hallway, you know, one little corridor where, like, people are just kind of battling back and forth trying to, like, push. And there wasn't – the map design is just really boring and linear. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it always came down to, like, who had a couple extra special characters and special abilities at the time or whatever that could push it farther. I don't know. It was just starting to piss me off. But then kept playing and kept playing and – I learned really quickly that you you have to play in third person, so 
Jordan, uh, you actually would have liked this, but because you have the option of switching. Third person. Yeah, because you have the option of switching, and I forgot about that. So I had been playing it in first person. Yeah. But you're going to get your ass kicked online if you're playing in first person and everyone else is in third. (laughs) So I finally figured that out. Yeah. And then it started to get much better, and I started to like a lot more. And now I I played a whole mess of it. Like, I put a shit ton in. I actually got to the point where I I do really like it now. Um, I played a whole ton of multiplayer, which. Which is which is unlike me, but I'm starting to get pretty good at it, and it's fun. I'm unlocking stuff, and it's and it's all good. There's no loot crate garbage that I have to worry about. It seems like, but yeah, it's been fun. I'm glad that we have a Star Wars game with like um, those different locations and levels fully realize how good this looks, um, even if it's, you know it's not the best game ever. Yeah, it's not the greatest, but it's so authentic, and like you're saying, there's so many different locations and so many different characters and it's just really cool just kind of screw around and just play the game it's just it's not the best you know but it just like at yeah. this point i recommend it it's like uh, like i'm hungering for spider-man right i want to that's the reason i'm buying a ps4 like i just want a star wars game that's like not necessarily even open world that's probably what we're gonna get just like something that's not oh a multiplayer only though it had single player but it was kind of booty you know like so, like a, a like an a, an awesome star wars game to crave and we still don't have that <laughs> so it's like oh yeah. that sucks uh, that's all I've been doing. Oh, uh, Handmaid's Tale season two finished up. Holy nice. crap! Watch it. Oh man, watch I need it. to watch yeah, that. Now show. that it's finished, now that it's finished, I can start it. Ooh, definitely watch. Wait, it. is it like completed? Ooh. Completed? Like there's not a third season? No, there. I would assume there's a third season. Okay. The way they yeah, it's it. just it's just the season finale. I, okay. It's a very good season finale. Like one of the best of a show. You know, it's up no there. No what have you been playing, Jordan? Um. So really. The gaming, funny enough, that I've been doing recently has all been multiplayer. Um, I've you been sham. A lot of... <laughs> What's going on in our worlds, man? I've been playing a lot of... Well, I mean, it is Switch, so it makes a lot of sense. I've been playing a lot of uh, both Mario Kart and okay. tennis oh. uh, with folks. And also, another funny side comment, speaking of playing multiplayer... Um, a lot of people walking into my new house have made the joke about why I have so many controllers. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, I have a lot of systems, and I have pretty much a complete set of controllers for all the systems. So, um, But that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with this story because um, we were playing uh, on the Pro Controllers. Mario Kart, at this point, I'm just, like, chilling on that game. Like, you know, I've got my gold kart. I've got the stuff unlocked. I've done the mirror tracks, which is actually... The mirror Grand Prix are actually a lot of fun. Um, I'm not going to fuck with the time trials, but it is fun. There's still, you know, a bajillion coins that I could collect, and so there's um, stuff that I'm unlocking while we're playing multiplayer matches, but, um, of course, you know, it's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, so it's an awesome game. It's still fun to play. And uh, Mario Tennis Aces is fun to play, as long as you turn off all the bullshit. I just realized I haven't been on the show since this game came out. So here we go. Um, here we go. This game has so much fucking bullshit. I swear to God, it's like you have magic powers. It might as well be Witcher 4, uh, since we're talking about that later on. Uh, it's like, there's just, in the main adventure or the main uh, version of gameplay... There's just a lot of shit going on, man. There's there's all kinds of special shots and super shots and ultimate shots. 
and you have a uh, an energy gauge, and then you also have fucking racket health, which is just it's it's pushing me. It's pushing me. I don't know. I I, I can't. I can't understand why I have to deal with my racket health. Um, and your this guy hated break. weapon durability in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, your weapon can break, just like Zelda. It's like, <laughs> why are you doing this? I want to play tennis! The great thing is I what? called this. You were on the week before this game came out, Dom, and Jordan was like, I, I'm excited for tennis, I can't wait, I can't wait, and I'm like, from what I'm hearing, Jordan, you might not like it when it comes out, and he's like... I don't know. I'll probably like it. <laughs> but here's the thing, Jared. When you play in multiplayer, you can... Well, okay, first of all, I just want to say uh, it's a Nintendo game, and so, of course, it doesn't have nearly the amount of options that it should, and that's really sucky because, especially when it's like a couch co-op game or a sports game in general, I like to be able to uh, modify a bunch of things, just like you do in Super Smash Bros. I wish it was that level of modular. Um, kind of like, uh, I'm sure you guys both did this, playing like mascots in uh, NCAA football back in the day. Oh, yeah. Awesome <laughs> yeah. PS2, you Absolutely. know what I'm talking about? Stuff like that. So anyways, uh, when you get into multiplayer, you can kind of customize the game, and I always turn off everything and play uh, simple mode is what they call it. Not simple beginner, but just simple regular. Um, and Clear for all the listeners out there. <laughs> yeah. It's just fucking regular ass tennis, man. And we've had a blast. And I mean, I can't believe how good the people walking into my house are at Mario fucking tennis. Like we're <laughs> having hot matches, dude. Hot, hot matches. So. He emphasized the H right there, too. So you know it's real. It's like 40-player rallies. Real, they have, like, dude. sweatbands on their forehead. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. drenching. I mean, it's, it, it really has been, like, uh, intense, though. And I'm like like oh, Venus and Serena are over. Just, yeah. Like, tennis itself is so strong, especially when you're doing it with Mario. So why can the game not just be that? But I've never thought I'd hear somebody in my life say, tennis is so strong. <laughs> it's just not a phrase no, I, I mean, thought like, I'd ever hear. It's a strong, it's a great sport is what I'm saying. It's a really yeah, yeah. strong sport. There's some stupid ass sports out there and tennis isn't one of them. But when you put all this extra fucking mana gauge bullshit in here, I can't deal with it. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, is there anything else that you... I know you watch Ant-Man and the Wasp, obviously, because we talked about it. Yep. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we move so to So that was everything. Yeah, that was everything that I played as far as uh, other stuff I watched. I got into a very long string of movies. Uh, so I won't go through all of those. Oh! Was, I've watched a lot of movies. I watched yeah. Shape of Water, Jordan. I, I don't know. Oh, I completely forgot to tell that you that. I finally watched that was not one of them. That was not uh, no. one of the many movies. And you loved yeah. it, right? Yeah, I really like that movie a lot. Yeah, it's nice. good. It's yeah. really good. I just I never got around to watching it. And I finally watched it. You saying the movie thing, I completely forgot. Sorry, Jordan. Word, word. Um, so, yeah, I've been watching a bunch of movies. And then, um, obviously, I'm kind of like catching up on anime because uh, moving recently, I got behind on some of the kind of like weekly anime that I watched. So just kind of. Uh, random stuff there, but yeah, I thought Ant-Man and the Wasp was solid, uh, 
The so let's say Ant Man one and two I think are a, a level above Thor, but they're not anywhere close to like Captain America, or even Avengers movies. So I don't know. I'm I'm into them. I'm into this movie, but I think three Ant Man three is gonna have to be kind of like a Thor Ragnarok. Um, Ant Man gets a, a third special. movie. These they make money, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like the honestly. So I'll get a little more in depth. I in think, my opinion, uh, I would the say they're Wasp. some of the funniest movies in the MCU. I, obviously, comedy subjective. Yeah. So who knows for hot every take, person? But. I take love incoming. the comedy in this movie. And hot take incoming. The first one was just fucking dumb, and I just I love Paul Rudd, and I should have loved yeah. that movie. And I was like, this is dumb. I don't even know why I watched this. I thought the first one was funnier than this one. I thought this one had a couple funny parts, but um, I thought they were pushing the humor a lot and. Uh, but it was a decent movie. The big thing is, I think it was more of a Wasp movie than it was an Ant-Man movie. Mm-hmm. And, Interesting. Um, not really a huge spoiler, but like a big chunk of the movie, Ant-Man's suit doesn't even work correctly. And Wasp oh. is just over there kicking ass. Yeah, I loved it so much. Like, I was like, come on, man. This kind of sucks. And well, But Wasp <laughs> was really awesome when she was kicking ass. So, like, I love Evangeline Lilly so much, and... I'm not yeah. a huge fan of, like, Black Widow uh, in terms of, like, the movies and stuff. Yeah. I always thought she, she was one of the weaker characters. Um, yeah, I like Scarlett Johansson, but as a character that they've written, I just don't think she's that interesting. So, like, watching oh, Evangeline yeah, Lily kick not. ass, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I can't wait to see her be a part of it with, like, Carol Danvers and stuff, but, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, Evangeline Lily was great. The whole cast, I think, was really solid. But, uh, yeah, I do think... I do think they will get a third movie, and I honestly hope that the third movie is uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And Stature. I think it's going to be Ant-Man. I, I think like they're the going to do the, the play on the title. It's going to be Ant-Man, Wasp, and the Stature, or Stature, you know, okay. or Goliath. Uh, Stature is his say... daughter, uh, Dom. His daughter becomes a superhero. So, Of course. Of course. You like Batman. <laughs> so all, of his, all of his little kids become superheroes. It's no different. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is the same. <laughs> it's a lineage thing. Yeah, it's a lineage. That's thing. that. That was my same reaction. And like Telltale Batman, when like uh, Tiffany Fox or whatever, like becomes a you know whatever hero at the end. It's like, okay. yeah. Okay. Damn, dude. Spoilers <laughs> for Batman season just, two. I've just been, I've, I've uh, hardly. Like, yeah, hardly. <laughs> it's Telegraph from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, yeah, anything else, Jordan? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say because we were talking about. Uh, you know, the Marvel movies and stuff. Uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about Marvel Fresh Start. I've been reading that. Actually, uh, with the exception of uh, two issues of Deadpool Assassin, which is just a miniseries anyways, it's not the main Deadpool series, uh, I'm all caught up on Marvel Fresh Start, and uh, I'm digging it. So uh, I was reading Ant-Man and the Wasp miniseries. That was pretty cool. It kind of, it. I think it went well uh with the movie um but some more highlights i would say uh venom is definitely very cool um captain america only has one issue but i liked what they were doing with it i liked Um, it too yeah i'm digging the avengers it's it's a pretty good mix of like old and new as far as uh characters and i would be i'd say that in like age i guess um of the character in universe but um avengers is pretty good 
I read Spider-Man today. Um, gosh, it's just, it's crazy how much it feels like Invincible. And Mary Jane looks like just straight out of Invincible. Um, so it's going to take me a minute to get used to that, but uh, not a bad comic at all. So what's the story um, with, this is all Marvel Fresh Start? What Like, what is, basically is like some kind of premise that I need yeah, to Yeah, so basically or? Fresh Start is like, we're going to release a bunch of number ones. <clears throat> for all of these characters because they know a lot of people so are... So it sounds. Yeah, so a lot of people are into the MCU now and comics are like one of the most infuriating things to get into because there's yeah. not a... A okay. lot of the start lines and end lines are like very ambiguous. During this whole run before Fresh Start, Tony Stark was in a coma. Wolverine's been missing forever. Like there was a lot of shit that was messed up, right? Well, not messed up, but like not happening. Uh, Fantastic Four haven't been around forever. So with Fresh Start, they wanted to like, get everything back to normal. So, like, there was a whole issue uh, series that's still going on, I think, called Hunt for Wolverine. So they're obviously trying to find Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, Tony See, Stark that's the is... thing is they're, they're doing Fresh Start, but there's still a bunch of other ongoing shit that they haven't ended yet. Yeah, so they have to get so to you. There's, there's um, like, all this, like, convoluted shit going on right alongside Fresh Start. It's kind of weird, but, yeah. But the thing I like is that for people who aren't into comics, there's literal number ones that they can just buy and get into, right? And it's like they don't have to worry yeah. about that. Uh, and a lot of them are like going back to the quote-unquote roots. Like Fantastic Four, number yeah. one's coming out in October. Spider-Man uh, came out yesterday. I haven't read it yet. I have it on my on my iPad. But it's being drawn by Ryan Otley, who's like one of the artists from Invincible. Uh, yeah, that's and why it looks so much like that. Yeah, it looks really dope. Sounds interesting. I might actually look into that. There's a yeah. free comic book day had a preview issue of it, and I like the way that preview issue ended. Um, I just love his art style so much. Like, I, uh, the first issue has like most of the major villains of like the Sinister Six on it, Dom, and I love Otley's art style for those characters. Like his the way he draws Rhino to me is awesome. Um, so the uh, Marvel Fresh Start free comic book day stuff was all none of that was actually like um, repeated stuff. That was all. Hell yeah, uh, cool stuff that isn't in issue one. So, this is smart. That sounds very smart. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and they're fixing as a someone, lot. As someone who like you know, like last year, I like tried to start getting into some comics. I'm like, okay, I don't even know what the fuck. Of, it, it, it it is a mess. It's kind of like how you describe Jared. It's like yeah, you don't know what to start with, or like it. I, it's kind of yeah, unfriendly to newcomers. For you, like with Marvel, obviously there's all these number ones. You can just choose whatever hero you like and check it out. Exactly. Yeah. And then for, for DC, obviously they have a lot of good series, but knowing your taste, I would just like buy issue one of like uh, Tom King's Batman because he's, he's been writing Batman since Rebirth started. And like he's a really good writer in my opinion. And obviously it's led up to like the marriage and stuff. I think you would probably like his Batman series. But I mean, so, for that, what I ended up doing is I like did some research and I basically came to the conclusion that like, I'm probably not going to follow any, like, current or, you know, previous, like, long arcs. I just kind of, like, trades. looked up the best. Yeah. I just kind of, yeah, I kind of looked up, like, what are, like, the best, like, the signature stories or the collections or whatever yeah. of, like, well, things like that. And, like, that's the best way to get into it. Yeah, I tagged them all on Amazon. Like, these might not all connect. Some of them do. But, like, these are supposed to be, like, the best stories that and are, you know. The cool thing with Fresh Start is a lot of these uh, ones that are starting, um, not all of them, but some of them are short, like, miniseries, like, seven issues to, like, ten issues. It's yeah. so, like, you know, there's a finite end. And yeah, then that sounds more appealing to me. Uh, All New Wolverine Easy. by Tom Taylor, Dom, is 36 issues. He already finished it. It's 36 issues, it's done. There's no more in it. Like, Laura Kinney, who's... So I read... Uh, All New Wolverine X-23. is going back to X-23. Yeah. Yeah, I read X-23 today, and uh, that was cool. 
I mean, X-23 is an awesome hero, so I'm down to see more of that. I really hope uh, Marvel takes a risk and makes her the Wolverine in the MCU. Uh, it's going to be hard to like not get over Hugh Jackman, you know? So that'd we'll see dope. what happens. That'd be yeah. dope as fuck. And then uh, you can still have Old Man Logan. Um, okay, so yeah, you can have him too. Say, yeah, exactly. I uh, just wanted to say about comics, uh, you were kind of talking about them with Dom there, Jared. Um, the good thing about the most recent relaunches from both DC and Marvel, which Marvel's done, I think, one, I think one every year since 2012. Um, it's been really bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up, yeah. And DC's done two since 2012, but the New 52 had its issues as well. So anyways. The um, the Marvel one has happened because of changes in leadership and stuff, Dom. And this is the one where they're trying to like not do another one next year. I know you heard them. like They do a fresh start every year. It's because they've had like a shit ton of issues with uh, direction and like do we include people that aren't in the MCU? Do we, do we promote those? It's like a big old ass thing. So... Yeah. My biggest thing is that uh, up until now, they've both of the two companies have had way too many comics on their lineup, and yeah, uh, like DC New Fifty Two, Fifty Two comic books, and it's definitely a shotgun approach because they're trying to put out something for everybody. Excuse me, if they just put out a few comics a piece, like a couple of their most popular heroes and a team book, and then you know some other mini series. Kind of like what Fresh Start is so far. I just think that Fresh Start's eventually going to have way too many series as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel like if these companies would lower the level of uh, different series they have going on, it's like, I really think that they would have so many people flock to it after going to these movies that it would be worth cutting down on the number of series. Um, you would see a return on investment eventually that would make it worth it. Yeah, and that might be what they're doing here, but it's hard to tell. So, right now, there's not that many series. Also, uh, shout out to miniseries Cosmic Ghost Rider, which is uh, the Punisher as Ghost Rider in space. <laughs> yeah, it's like a matchup. It's crazy. And uh, uh, Thor is really beautiful so far. The art is fantastic, and I think the story is pretty cool. The um, the lore that they're getting into with the Asgardians and all that is cool too so um, yeah Marvel Fresh Start's got, got some good stuff for sure and like I said I hope they don't just I hope there aren't like you know 60 series going they've had times where there were 75 or 80 series going during like Marvel Now and shit like that so yeah real crazy because I assume Dom you wouldn't know about this but there was the previous Thor run had Jane Foster as Thor and she was actually dying from cancer uh, she had leukemia, yeah. and every time she would use Thor's powers, it would, it would make it so when she wasn't Thor anymore, it was more and more likely going to kill her. Um, yeah, yeah, it was very interesting stuff. So she was like Thor for a bit, which is pretty cool. Um, which is actually like Monster Girl from Invincible. Yeah. Um, also, I would just say that DC Rebirth is similar in the way that it is also a lower number of series, and so it's also easier to get into too. So. It's looking up as far as um, being able to get into comics, which I obviously I'm already fatigued. Want. Also, uh, shout out to much easier to get into. Shout out to the announcement of the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, which I'm interested in because I think he's a fantastic actor. But it's like, cool, just make the DCEU way more convoluted. That sounds great. Uh, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Be interesting. 
It's gonna be a movie titled Joker, and he's not gonna be Joker until like probably the last five minutes. The way they like the the log line reads don't and everything. Do don't, it's gonna don't be a character the study. Walker in Force Awakens. Come on. Yeah, it's he's not gonna be Joker until like the last five minutes, and then people are gonna wonder why Batman wasn't in it. It's it's gonna be great. DC can't excited. Uh, <laughs> that being said, I love the the reveal of the Shazam suit recently uh, in that photo. Yeah. Um, Let's hop into the news. Uh, so the first bit of news, uh, now that Jordan's back, we can talk about this. Um, so uh, the CEO of CD Projekt Red was in an interview with the Polish outlet. So all of this is like uh, translated. But he basically stated when they're asking uh, the future after uh, Cyberpunk for CD Projekt Red and if they plan to do any more Witcher games. And he said the first three Witchers were by definition a trilogy, so we simply could not name the game The Witcher 4. That does not mean, of course, that we will leave the world of The Witcher. The Witcher is one of two franchises on which we build the future activities of the company. This and Cyberpunk, nice. obviously. Uh, today, nice. unfortunately, and he says today, unfortunately, I cannot reveal anything more. So, what I want to ask from you guys is, um, when there is an, the, the next Witcher game, what's going to be the setting? Is it going to be Siri, <clears throat> and it's just not going to be called The Witcher? Let's do it. Is yeah. that what you think it is, no, most it's, likely? It's Witcher. Uh... Summoner of the Clouds, and it is. <laughs> what are Siri you on? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it is Siri as the Witcher, and uh, do it after Cyberpunk, guys. Let's go. Yeah. What do you think, Dom? Yeah, that's the easy answer, right? It's a game like where you play as Siri, um, especially because The Witcher Three. Some of the best parts there were very few, but you did get to play as Siri and, and oh, yeah. do a little yeah. combat and like. That shit was fucking awesome. Like it was Summoner fantastic. The clouds, because like, yeah. you kind of like spoilers for Witcher three, I guess slightly. I don't know. Um, later, <laughs> later in the game, you get to play it like just a little bit as Siri, and like you already have like some cool powers, like just already, um, and it's super badass. But uh, I could see that. That's the easy answer. Part of me says like it's too easy, and they might think of something different. Something I I wouldn't put like it, this. This seems crazy, but. Maybe The Witcher isn't in the title. I don't know, that's, that's like antithetical to nah, business, nah, but I, I can see them doing it. it. Uh, I want it to be called Witcher because, like, it needs to be clear that like Siri is a Witcher because that's one of the uh, endings. I don't, one of the thousands of endings. I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't think it'll start with Witcher, but I think Witcher will be in the name, like um, the Last Witcher. Like, like I don't think it'll be Witcher like subtitle. I think it'll be. Something Witcher something or something something Witcher or something. Um, the video game, the Witcher video games are already like fan fiction anyways. So um, it's a good point. I'm I mean, down that's with yeah. Them, with them doing it. yeah. And uh, also, we're not going to be getting this game for like eight to ten years. So it's like whatever. Don't <laughs> yeah. say that. Well, no, I'm you gonna figure Cyberpunk is going to come out in like two years, right? Yeah, I'm saying six or seven. Five years but five years after Cyberpunk. You okay. also figure with the success they've been having and the presumed success they'll have with Cyberpunk that they've been increasing their staff maybe. Not yeah. I mean, there's only so much that more bodies can do to help, you know, move a game along, but you think they're getting some processes down. Maybe but lots down. lots of different stuff going on at C D Project Red as far as staff, but it's it, tough to tell. Uh, how many games they could be working? Also, it's a lot tougher to build a, like a world and like a game from scratch than it is to use a lot of the assets and repurpose yep. them and like upgrade them and stuff like. Fucking so like you, Jesus man, like with The Witcher Three, I think the experience so they have with that, 
they can definitely get to the next game a lot quicker, right, than what they've been dealing with with Cyberpunk. I like building a world from the ground up, so we'll see what happens. Um, the next story comes by way of Nintendo Everything. Brian over there wrote, Nintendo's future indie problem? Question mark. So at their annual shareholders meeting, Nintendo made some statements regarding their strategy for indie game releases on the Switch eShop. By the way, this was their 79th annual uh, shareholders meeting, which is kind of crazy. Um, Nintendo senior executive officer uh, Susumo or Susumu uh, Takahashi said that some indies are already million sellers, and that Nintendo is looking to release 20 to 30 indie games on the system each week in the future. Um, you know, Steam has this problem of games coming out every day and games get buried and indie games get buried. Uh, we already kind of see it on uh, PlayStation and Xbox, but it's not too bad. I think it's the worst on the Switch because the optimization for searching for games isn't as good as PlayStation and Xbox, though I don't think their systems are very good either. It's just, I don't think this is a problem that anybody's really solved. Yeah. Um, what I it's know all you- about discoverability. I just want to know from you guys, do you think this like statement from him is kind of weird because he states, we have a lot of indies that have sold million million copies, but we're also looking to release 20 to 30 of them a week. Like, Is there a way this works out for both the Nintendo and indie devs? I, I just don't see it. Uh, I mean, it, it, it'll be more like Steam. I mean, that's it's, it's easy to tell where it's going, I guess. It'll be great. I mean, it's a great, it's a great, it's more opportunity for indie devs, right? But also more risk along with that because it's harder to get noticed, but when you do get noticed, it's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, to me, this isn't so much a problem for me because I've never, like, relied on, like, the storefronts for discoverability that much myself. Yeah. Um, But I know that I might be in the minority there. Like, I follow, I listen to, like, a lot of gaming podcasts. We're the hardcore type of people, yeah. Right. I follow a lot of news, so, like, if there's a gem that I otherwise wouldn't have found, like, I'm going to hear about it. Um one way or another, but I, I get... I why, had to know, remember to get uh, Setsuna on Switch because the only way to find that game was to search it. None of the panels that originally come up had it listed. And, yeah, and that was back when there was very few was games launch. at all. Right. Yeah. So, they I mean, they certainly have problems with their their yeah searchability or whatever in the eShop, or, but I assume that's being worked on, but I don't know. I don't... I don't. This isn't a huge red flag for me, um, but I'm not totally in sync with like that whole community. Like, I know it's a big deal on Steam of like you know getting curators to you know notice you and that kind of thing. Um, and there's like some some kind of, sometimes controversy around some of that like sort of stuff with you know the curators who they're picking out yada yada yada. But I don't know. I'm not a great analyst for this because I don't. I don't know. It's not a big deal. I just me. don't want another Wii situation where there's like yeah. tons of shovelware. You know, like we're not talking about and that. I it's going to necessarily going to be twenty to thirty quality indie games. You know, it's going to be like. Yeah, but for me, it's like it's not really getting in my way. It's not like hindering anything I'm doing, so I don't really care. But if I they guess. don't fix their discoverability issues, and you're trying to find a game that like you do keep up with stuff, but what what if you want to play, uh, you know, instead of Celeste, which was like a nine and ten for people, so you automatically remember that game. What if it's like a six or a seven that you're interested in personally because seven of the sevens. theme, and then it's like, oh, I can't remember that name. People aren't really covering it, so it's like, you know, it's like those weird middle grounds. It's not like an everyday kind of scenario. Um, yeah, it's just if I don't remember it, and if I don't hear about it again, I mean, then then it wasn't worth it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a great answer, but I'm just saying that uh, the games on there 
I think there's been shovelware on there for already. Years. Golf, Since tennis, like, certainly. Yeah. The, yeah. And they're weird, weird mobile uh, ports, and they're just fucking jacked up shovelware on there. So, yeah, I wish there was better curation. This isn't an, uh, like a red flag thing for me either, Dom, because it doesn't surprise me at all. I knew this was going to happen, but it mm-hmm. sucks that it's just... Uh, I don't know why they're so laissez-faire about uh, allowing these shitty games but on the network. The thing is, we're talking about it from a consumer perspective. You have to also think about this from a developer perspective and how much this hurts yeah. them. Like, yeah. this, this, yeah. like, who's to say somebody who isn't a 9 or a 10 and is a 7, Dom, like, why would they spend all this time and effort to port their game to Switch if it's going to be huddled into 20 or 30 other games and they're taking a risk that won't pay off, you know? Um, well, it could hurt Nintendo because I'm sure there's people... Logging onto that stupid fucking store, not knowing what to buy. And it's like, oh, I have $10, of, you know, what do I buy? Yeah. <laughs> and instead of having, you know, some choice cuts to deal with, they've got to just, you know, shovel all this trash out of the way. And they're, you know, they might just quit altogether. So it behooves Nintendo, I think, to have I mean, the store cleaned up a little bit. So, yeah. Jared, to, to in response, I guess it's like, then there's, yeah, there's eventually there's going to be less because developers are going to stop taking the risk. Um, and eventually, it's just gonna it's just gonna kind of like a pendulum. It's gonna swing back. Um, well, who's to say less like, less games, but maybe less quality games? You know what I mean? Because they could they could still hit the twenty to thirty because they want to hit that quota, and they have an approval process. So instead of approving, you know, twenty okay games and like five good games, if those five good games don't even think about porting, then they want to still fill their quota. So they're gonna look for X amount of games, right? You would assume, obviously. Yeah. So, so I mean, oh, it's gonna quality. be. So it'll, it'll be tough to find, like, the new, you know, the game, the, the hidden game from the new developer that, you know, would have been really good. We might not ever have heard about it, right? But we'll know, you know, I mean, the, the next thing that, uh, like, Studio MDHR or whatever puts out, uh, not a Switch example, but, like, we're going to know, like, oh, the, the developer of Cuphead, so it's going to get the news and it's going to get noticed. Yeah. But anything new... From someone new, yeah, it could go under the but radar and the then ones that need less of those. But the thing, though, on top of this is, like, what if an indie developer is trying to port to all three major consoles and they're like, well, like, Nintendo has, like, I don't have a chance on Nintendo, so why would we put in the, the hours to do that? And they just port it to, like, PlayStation or Xbox, you know? Who knows? It's going to be yeah. weird to see how this affects Nintendo, but like I said, you guys made good points. I don't think this is going to affect, like, a lot of consumers necessarily, a whole bunch, but I do think this... Af- does has a lot of effect on indie developers. Like I think this is a huge thing for them in terms of deciding whether or not they want to port you know. The switch is just a whole puzzle of um interesting things that could happen in the next couple of years with um how underpowered it is compared to the other consoles and all sorts of things. So um it's I mean, are they gonna get this fucking online shit going or what? Like it's the Switch is, you know, obviously selling great, but it's still in a weird spot, so it's going to be interesting. Also, we got a hint this week. This is kind of part of this because you talked about the Switch's future, especially with next gen. We got a hint this week that's one of the biggest hints that we're going to get next gen before 2021, or 2022, sorry. Um, Infinity Ward, uh, who's a Call of Duty developer who's releasing a game next year, which I don't think it, it I don't think this relates to that game. I think this relates to the game after that because they're on a three-year dev, three dev cycle. And obviously 2019 seems way too early for next gen unless it's like a mid-generation kind of they port it when the new gen comes out, right? Either way. Anyways, the news was that uh, they, Call of Duty, uh, Infinity War for Call of Duty put up a bunch of job listings for next gen. Like a bunch of them. 
So um, they're obviously hiring for their next project. Some people are saying, well, their game comes out in 2019. It could possibly be, you know, a cross-gen title, and then they port it in 2020 or whatever to it. Um, but my bet is that it's for their next project, you know? So, which would release said that it was, yeah, I, it was for that game, I think though. that... No, they didn't no say for the way. 2019 game, Dom. Hmm. There's no way that next-gen isn't a thing by the end of 2020. Yeah, I agree. Um... Okay. Speaking of next-gen possibilities, uh, Last of Us Part Two. We got some news this week. Um, Naughty Dog president Neil Druckmann was doing an interview with BuzzFeed, of all people. Uh, and Jesus basically in the interview, Christ. he revealed that Ellie will have an NPC alongside her during the game. Uh, so Druckmann specifically said, well, so Ellie used to, have, uh, used to be an NPC, but she's the protagonist in this story. So the player is controlling Ellie. It's safe to say with the game that we made in the past that there will be some NPC with you in the story, even though we're not showing them in this demo. Uh, and I want to talk to you guys about this because obviously the easiest pick would be Joel, but we haven't really seen Joel that much in the Last of Us Part Two coverage. It could be Dina, the girl that we saw her making out with at the dance. It could be both that's of them. Such a tease. It could be neither of them. What do you guys think is the most likely scenario for the NPC that's alongside Ellie? Because he didn't say that's like the entire game, kind of like the Joel Ellie thing was, though it wasn't like a hundred percent, you know. Um, this seemed like Such more of, like, a situational thing, you know? Of like, yeah, there will be an NPC with you at, like, a certain part. Um, I don't know. It's it tough. It be a rotating cast. Yeah, because, yeah. like, what if it's Joel, and then something happens to Joel, and then it's Dina? Or what if it's Dina, and then something happens to Joel? You know what I mean? Um, or one of the chicks that um, was in the Paris Games Week trailer, maybe? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. We don't even know who they are. Yeah, the, people assume that might be a flashback or, like, a time jump back and forth thing some people think that's ellie's mom which is a cool theory um yeah it's it's interesting because we don't really know where like if we knew joel was 100 percent alive that we have had hints at that it'd be like oh yeah joel's accompanying her and it's flipping the script from the first game but that's not necessarily a lock and though we didn't really see much of dina she doesn't seem like the fighting type and obviously it's hard to assume because like ellie normally looks like a normal hey Go go get her, and then you see how brutal she can be. So who knows? Um, yeah, I think they've all but confirmed Joel being alive because he's in the first trailer, and then uh, old man comments about yeah. your old man with Ellie, which is like mm-hmm. clearly they're talking about Joel, and it's a nice like nod the way they do it. But uh, I think that's you know very much confirmation that he's alive. I guess not so much, I wasn't talking about alive or dead, it was more so if he's going to be along with you in this story. Like, what if at this point Joel oh, is the leader sure. of, like, yeah. this colony, and, like, he can't really go with you and do these, like, outpost, like, missions or whatever, you I know? I don't know, man. I want Joel to be, you know, significant part in this game. It's not yeah. like they're going to be calling each other on the phone. So. I hope he says Carl at some point. <laughs> Stop. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, so the last news story here. Uh, we're going to be talking, we just talked about Naughty Dog, so this makes sense. Uh, former Naughty Dog uh, writer Amy Hennig uh, was doing an interview at Game Lab Conference in Barcelona, so in Spain, and she basically said she doesn't hold EA at fault for canceling the Visceral Star Wars game, and obviously this got everybody's ears perking. Like, what? <laughs> what did she just say? Um, and basically someone asked her if single-player games were indeed dead. 
um, because of the whole hullabaloo with EA and all that, and what he uh, Amy Hennig specifically thought about it. And she replied to this quest question. She said, I don't fault EA for that decision. As hard as it was personally for me, I understand the challenge. We have to come at this in different ways. I think it's about portfolios of games at different price points that allow us to do more than just PUBGs and Fortnites and Destiny clones. Hennig stated she believes we're at an inflection point uh, where the industry is asking devs to deliver more content for the same price point while still trying to preserve self-contained single-player games. Hennig sees digital distribution as an avenue and opportunity for appropriately priced single-player experiences. And one thing I didn't include in here, she also lauded Sony for doubling down on the investment in single-player games, and she talked about how those first parties, the Sonys, the Microsofts, the Nintendos, are really the only ones that can do it without a huge fallout or risk. And that's why you're seeing a lot of third-party publishers have big single-player games with tons of content in them, and they're not really narrative-focused. So I just wanted to talk to you guys about this. I think she has a lot of truth in this. She's not saying, like, oh, single-player games are definitely dead, but I think she comes at it from a very realistic standpoint of something's going to need a change here. You know what I mean? I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it's definitely very difficult when you don't have a slate that includes Fallout or Risk. However, I think that I am glad that... Is that a uh, joke about the Xbox... Fallout and Risk IPs? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> you said, they can do this sort of thing without any Fallout or Risk. Yeah. I was like, well, it's oh. tough for Sony to get along without <laughs> having Fallout or Risk, but, you know, I'm still glad that they're carrying the torch for single Dude, a Risk RTS would be dope. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, like kind of what they're doing with Gears of War or whatever. But, yeah, um, that'd be sick. Yeah, I just think... I I really think we could have seen this stuff coming that uh, she's not blaming EA for. I just feel like if these are the reasons that they're canceling this game, I think that's pretty fucking stupid because none of this shit is that brand new. It's not like Fortnite is the reason that uh, you know, her game was canceled. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I don't quite buy it, and I think that uh, it's just poor management by EA. Like you should have known what you were doing going into it. And once again, I'll just say that I think they've, you know, flubbed this fucking license so hard. At this point, it doesn't matter what fucking kind of game it is. It needs to be on store shelves, even if it is a Force Unleashed seven point five type deal unfortunately yeah because you know, it's just not they're just not making it happen over there and that's it's getting to be bullshit so yeah I, I actually I really agree with you Jordan I mean it makes sense that she says that like oh you know, I don't blame them but it, it's it's honestly it's mismanagement then because it, it never should have been that far along to begin with right they should have been yeah. communicating like you know what if that's not what they wanted from her then why was she there to begin with and how did how, why did they let her go that far with it yeah, and then and, you know what I mean, like some there's some gap there where like if that's not yeah. what they're into, then they should have brought her on and gave her any kind of freedom at all, and made a big fucking deal about it. Yeah, and like yeah. gave her visceral basically, and I I am sure I've been sounding bitter in the past about visceral, but that was just I mean the way they uh, kind of entangled them in this whole mess that you just described, Dom, and then just fucking canned them like they weren't shit is just. It's just pitiful. So, yeah, I, I just think that this Star Wars thing needs to get going over there at EA. Yeah, but course. in terms of... We've had that discussion multiple times. I, I agree with you guys on all those points. But in terms of single-player experiences, like that's what I wanted to really talk about. Not so much the Star Wars stuff. Is like, 
What do you think about her talking about how we need to change the price of single-player games? Um, like, you know, that we can't really expect to have these huge AAA narrative experiences from non-first parties uh, without them either being priced higher or being shorter experiences and being priced a little bit more competitively, you know, in like the $30, $40 yeah, range. Yeah, I think that that's obvious, you know. That's kind of like what we were saying earlier about you should have known the way the industry was going uh, before you started making that game. Um, people should, you know, people being publishers or even developers should realize that um, that is the case, especially in the next couple of years, especially with the next gen coming up. Why would you not have, uh, basically, it doesn't, you know, Lost games like Lost Legacy don't need to necessarily even be connected to Uncharted 4 in any way. You can just do that and have a shorter triple-A narrative game, single-player, and yeah. sell it for 40 bucks, like Lost Legacy, and but, it can be awesome, and that could be what you're talking about. Isn't there also a possibility in this, though, that we get a rubber band effect, where people get inundated with so many of these service games where you you, you can only you know stretch oh, your time yeah. so far that the rubber band comes back, and single-player games are the games people are looking for, these more narrative-driven yeah. experiences. And I'm not... I'm not saying Fortnite is garbage or Overwatch is, is. garbage just because they're <laughs> multiplayer games, but there are a lot of like clones out there, and there are games that capitalize on just certain game mechanics or even certain uh, microtransaction mechanics, if you will. Uh, so that's where that rubber band effect comes from, is the fact that it's just getting so clogged up with shitty games surrounding um, the ones that are good and making money, like Fortnite. It, it kind of confuses me what, what she's trying to say, I guess. Because, um, if anything, like, the market the market's not going to let that happen, right? Like, the next, uh, like, The Last of Us, if it's 80 bucks, and it's, you know, another, if it's a 12-hour campaign, then in the, or the next Uncharted, or whatever it is, like, that's not going to work. People aren't going to, you know what I mean? People are going to freak out. If anything, yeah, I mean, the market we'll is going to say those need to cost less right because they want they're used to they're now getting used to like you know games with tons and tons of content whether it's yeah. like multiplayer or bigger rpg single player games like her kind of game if anything the market is only going to tell you like you gotta it just gotta cost less because i'm only playing it for 12 hours and then i'm done right um, but then that's the thing i guess that's that kind of her point a 12 hour it's gotta cost less a 12 hour narrative game is expensive and like the the money that they put into them to be as polished as they are a 12 hour experience has to be more than 80 to uh, 60 dollars which means that in order to get a game that's cheaper than 60 dollars then you're going to have a shorter game you know what i mean so it's like either yeah. people Here's the thing though either people have to put their money worth go ahead Jordan. i was just going to say if we're specifically talking about naughty dog games both last of us and uncharted games actually have pretty strong multiplayer components so they kind of wouldn't even fall yeah. into this basket they're also first party so it's they're not really even a part right. of the conversation because uh, they're like yeah. fall in the unique camp um but they, they are very unique though i mean they're up there with like i mean they're shorter games right and then, yeah there's multiplayer but it's not like a super deep multiplayer and they don't really support it um you know with but, new stuff but to her comments oh, she's talking about how the last of us a lot of people are talking about how 
her comment specifically talked about non-first party because she knows that those companies can make those investments, right? Um, And the thing is, is that on average, it seems like these narrative single-player games aren't selling as well. We saw that with Dishonored and a lot of other games that they're not selling as well as these multiplayer games. So the reality of the situation, the the financial reality, is that if you want single-player games to continue being made, then people have to go out and buy them and not just say, why are single-player games dying, and then they don't buy any of them. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't agree with her that that's the case. I think Dishonored's a weird situation. I think first-person stealth. I've heard so many people talk about wanting to like that game, and so it's a weird example. Uh, but I get what you're saying, Jared. But I also think that there's a lot of single-player games that aren't first-party that don't have multiplayer mechanics, that don't have microtransactions, that can still get away with stuff. I think uh, Wolfenstein Two is a good example of that. And uh, mm-hmm. well, I would say, I mean, Evil Within got a sequel, and all it had was just like uh, story expansions. So. And that's a tough thing too, is because like Bethesda is a special case because those games didn't sell a whole lot. You could tell by their sales trends, but they sold enough for Bethesda to be like, that's fine for us, you know. So it's it's tough because it's not always an apples to apples situation with a lot of these publishers because a lot of them see things differently. Um, yeah, but, to your point though, Jared, also is actually. Making two gigantic, they just announced uh, Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6, though they may be far away. They're two gigantic, seemingly mostly, at least, single-player games. So, But the way but they're at least huge. They're the not way, the, yeah. the shorter thing. The way Skyrim is, and they're open-world, so it's not completely, like, and also that's, like, the way Skyrim sold, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, come on. Um, and, and Jared, to your point, and actually, and to Amy's point also, like, yeah, Bethesda is one of the last, you know, third-party uh, publishers putting out like shorter single-player games in uh, Dishonored and Doom and Wolfenstein. But if you also notice that after each of those last couple games, they've also put out just like Naughty Dog did a cheaper, you know, half sequel or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Right? Dishonored got a thirty-dollar uh, uh, sequel in Death of the Outsider Old and Blood the for next... Wolfenstein One. Yeah. Yep. And now the next, the newer Wolfenstein for I think is it next year or the following year. The young bloods or whatever that's like i think a 30 or 40 dollar type of deal um and then it's, there's one other it's not quite as dire as i think she's well, making it out well she didn't say that that's my those are my statements she didn't say any of that i sure. was making those statements um right and the tough you thing see it too we're like go ahead Dom. I, I guess the point is like you see it where they're kind of like bethesda's, bethesda's kind of feeling like yeah you know dishonor 2 sold all right you know it's it's enough to keep us alive or to keep us going on this but if we can reuse some of those assets and put a smaller game out on the cheap, you know, development cost wise, like put out for 40 bucks or 30 bucks, then I think when you see a bigger publisher start to do that and then you saw Naughty Dog do that, like I think that's kind of reflecting what, what Amy's talking about where you're going to see more of those from the bigger well, AAA studios it, as it, opposed to the $60 Dishonored 3. It's tough because I have numerous, right. I wouldn't call them friends, more of acquaintances, but like that it's tough to even talk to them about buying a $60 single-player game. Like, as good as God of War is in the reviews it got, I've been, talked to friends who are like, why would I pay $60 for a game I'll be done with in, like, you know, 15 hours? And I'm, that's Dude, crazy to me. No. I'm like, what? Bad example. Bad example. Yeah. You could spend 50 hours in that game easy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying they're correct, Dom. I'm saying what they tell me when that's I talk the to them about buying single-player games. Yeah. It's like, why would I pay $60 for a single-player game that's not open-world? It's crazy. It's a thought people have, which is insane. Um, but yeah, I guess we're all kind of, I think we're all under the assumption that, like, there's going to be, need, need to be some shifting, but the market will eventually fluctuate. I think it'll fluctuate to the point where 
it'll it'll be more of an even thing, and I think people will stop chasing the games as service model. Um, on a recent uh, Games Daily, they were talking about how um, investors and publishers might see this thing where instead of banking on a games as service game that could possibly be a huge risk and not pay off in the long run to have a long stream of revenue, they might go back to the single player model where it's like we have X guaranteed money and we can deliver multiple of those instead of having to string together and follow along the same game for multiple years and kind of risk it, you know? It might ebb and flow that way of like maybe the single player games will be the better risk or investment in the future depending on how the market fluctuates. So we'll see. It's interesting. But uh yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Single-player games aren't dying. It's just a dumb thing. <laughs> They're dead. They're dying. Um, they may, maybe changing a little bit here or there, swinging back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll uh, see. Uh, we talking Spider-Man? Ah, good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, time to close out the show. Thank you guys for listening to episode 102 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. In terms of what we're going to be playing, uh, for me, more Hollow Knight. Uh, I'm... Does, does Mission Impossible Fallout come out this weekend? Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I no, it comes out the 26th, I think. I really want to see some of those stunts, because like, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm not even a huge Mission Impossible guy, but it looks like a really cool IMAX experience. IMAX 2D, anyways. Yeah. Um, I'm on the fence about buying Octopath Traveler. Um, yeah, me too. I'm, like, um, I'm really excited I'll for that game. i it, probably just not at launch. Yeah, I'm going to get it for sure. I'm just not, I'm not sure if whether or not I want to buy that or if I want to get... Captain Toad Treasure Tracker first, so I'm kind of leaning. Nice. Reviews are very good for Octopath Traveler. Like all the reviews I've seen, it's scoring like nice. a couple of sevens, but mostly like mid eights and nines, which is really solid. Um, it's very niche, though. I mean, you're not going to get that anywhere else. That exactly. Kind of game, right. Exactly. So. If you're craving that certain experience, for sure. No. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it for me. I can't think of any movies that are releasing this week or anything that I'm super interested. I need to read Spider-Man number one, Amazing Spider-Man number one. And uh, a couple of other things. Uh, it's pretty much it for me. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Uh, what about you guys? Hollow Knight, man. Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight grinding away. <laughs> Might get back to some Hollow Knight. I'll definitely be playing some tennis, maybe some kart. Uh, I will say... Let's see. Hmm. We have less the than a year... Too. We have less than a year since the end of Game of Thrones. Think about that. That's sad. <sighs> That's pretty interesting. Um, I just want to say Sicario 2 was uh, pretty much what I expected. Um, it's totally unnecessary because the first one is essentially a masterpiece. And uh, I kind of wish it doesn't exist, didn't exist, but it doesn't, it's not a bad movie. So it doesn't ruin anything, but um, it's just kind of a weird slot that that movie's in. So there's a little take for you. Did you, uh, Jordan, did you see the news about Neil Blomkamp? What about him? He's going to be directing a movie called RoboCop Returns, and it's going to be a direct sequel to the original RoboCop movie. Gotcha. I like him a Good lot, him. so I'm interested. I'm not huge yeah. into RoboCop, but I love Neil Blomkamp, so. Um, yeah, I've been really into his uh, Oats Studios uh, short films on YouTube. It's a shame his uh, fundraiser thing didn't work. I, I pitched to it. I, I think I did like 15 bucks and then I got an email back saying they didn't reach the projections they wanted so I got refunded my dinero. Was, was it like, like a Kickstarter or something? Uh, No, it wasn't a Kickstarter. It was just like a... They wanted to fundraise money for uh, an independent project and they didn't get the money they necessarily wanted and they basically said in the email like 
we're not going to put out something less than what we want to put out and we're not going to basically beg you guys for more money seems like the interest wasn't there right. we're giving everybody their money back and maybe in the future we'll try it out again which is like i respect yeah. that yeah so anyways that's it for this show uh, were you done saying everything Jordan? i don't i wasn't sure um iron man <laughs> issue number 1 could have been a little more just could have been better we'll see about that comic yeah shout out to thor though I, i'd recommend thor at a fresh start if i had to pick one i think immortal hulk is pretty dope too uh thank you guys for listening to I episode did like it. yeah me too thank you guys for listening to episode 102 of the controlled interest gamecast uh please follow us on uh twitter i'm at jared underscore dom is at dom's oreos jordan is at mellow modus a controlled interest twitter is at at ctrlint that's controlled interest abbreviated please follow us on itunes leave us a review if you can and if you see this on youtube definitely subscribe and leave a like it definitely helps us uh yeah that's pretty much it we'll catch you guys next week